You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, I need you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Now, throughout spring training, I'm going to do various episodes where I talk about goals for the Mets this season. And so for today's show, the first goal I want to talk about is pretty simple. Win when Jacob deGrom is on the mound. So I'm going to go through some of the numbers over the past couple years as the Mets have not capitalized on the back-to-back Cy Young winner. Also, later on in the show, I'm going to finally talk about the Mets' new spring training facility and the absurdity of their Major League clubhouse. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. So Jacob DeGrom spoke with the media at spring training and he continued to echo kind of the same sentiments we've heard over the past couple of years when it comes to his desire to win Cy Youngs. He wants to win another one, win back-to-back-to-back, join Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson, if I'm not mistaken off the top of my head here, as the only pitchers who have ever done that. And so he wants that as a personal goal but continues to say that the team goals are more important. He wants to win a World Series, and he hopes that his personal goals will help the Mets achieve their team goals. The problem over the past few years is the Mets have not done that. They have not capitalized on the best pitcher in baseball, dominating every fifth day. And that is why they've missed the playoffs both years. Taking you back to 2018 first, the first Cy Young year, and the one that was the most egregious when it comes to just blatantly blowing every single game he was on the mound, Jacob DeGrom went 10-9 that year, but the team went 14-18 in his 32 starts. This is again a pitcher who was pitching to a sub-2 ERA. Still makes me mad just thinking about it. Anyway, DeGrom won five of his last nine starts that year. So to get to the double-digit win total, it took a pretty great effort down the stretch. That year, the Mets lost seven of his quality starts that ended up going down as no decisions. DeGrom allowed one run or fewer in five of those games. Eight of his nine losses that year were actually quality starts as well. With DeGrom pitching to a ridiculous 2.75 ERA in his losses. You look at those stats right there. The 8 out of 9 losses that the Mets probably should have won. 7 of his no decisions that they should have won. That's a 15 game swing. Obviously you don't win every time. And that Mets team was not a playoff team. But if they had capitalized on all those games, they would have made the playoffs. They were 13 and a half out of the wild card. Again, that was not a playoff team. 
That's why they didn't win all those games. But I'm just saying, if you win when Jacob deGrom is on the mound, you're going to the postseason and he's giving you a chance to win every time he steps on the hill. I did want to look at the June too because the June is just ridiculous that year. Jacob DeGrom pitched to a 2.36 ERA in six starts in June, striking out 49 batters in 42 innings pitched. He went 1-4, and four, and the team lost five of those games. I don't know how that happens. And the one game that he won, he had to pitch eight innings. So, yeah, that season was brutal, but last season was kind of more of the same. DeGrom went 11-8. and eight, but the team once again ironically went 14 and 18 in his 32 starts. 10 of his 13 no decisions were quality starts. Three of those no decisions, DeGrom pitched seven shutout innings. One of them, he pitched seven innings and allowed a single run. Had the Mets won those four games, the three games where he had the seven shutout innings and the one where he allowed a single run in seven innings, the Mets win four more games. They are 90-72, and 72, and they're playing the Nationals in the wild card game. It's that simple. And you look at his losses. DeGrom lost eight games that went on his resume. Three of those were quality starts. So it's a pretty simple goal for this season. The Mets need to start winning when Jacob DeGrom is on the mound. It's that simple. And this is kind of a plague on Mets aces. If you go back, I remember... Very vividly, Johan Santana going through a similar thing where he couldn't pick up wins because the Mets didn't play well when he was on the mound. Matt Harvey absolutely had the same type of thing when he was at his peak, when he was a Cy Young caliber pitcher. Harvey Day every fifth day, fans flooded City Field, and the Mets weren't winning a lot of those games. Now it's Jacob deGrom, and so I don't know what they have to do to change up the juju and figure it out and find a way to win those games, but they have to. They got to get better run support for him. They got to have a bullpen that can lock down those leads when he hands them a three to one lead in the eighth inning. They got to be able to get those six outs and come away with victories. So you would think this is the easiest thing to win games when a Cy Young is on the hill, but it just hasn't been the last couple of years. So if Degrom can Go back to back to back, or even just pitch up to that level. Continue to be an ace. Have a sub three ERA. The high standards, the high bars that we've set for him, if he matches that, the Mets need to bring this same level of excellence on those days. People can't take a day off just because DeGrom's on the mound. They got to hit for him, they got to field for him, and they got to close games for him. And hopefully, if the Mets do that, I think they're going to be. In this pennant race, they're going to be fighting with the Braves for the division. They're going to be a team that should at least get a wild card and make the playoffs. So we will see if the Mets can correct those woes when DeGrom is on the mound. But for whatever reason, Mets aces just don't seem to be very lucky. Anyway, in just a minute, I'm going to talk about this new beautiful Spring Training Facility in Port St. Lucie, Florida.
last Friday, I believe I said something about how I was going to focus on the 2020 Mets. Try not to continue to talk about these bad things with the ownership and bash the Wilpons every day because it was just getting exhausting. I'm tired of it. And I think I made it three shows. I kind of dipped my toes into the Wilpon waters, if you will, yesterday talking about Carlos Beltran and how the Mets handled that situation poorly. But now I got to dive back in because... This spring training facility, while really nice and should be good for the fans moving forward, it's just another mark against Jeff Wilpon and their resume. The way they have handled this one, it's just bad. So here is basically the deal. Port St. Lucie invested funds into rebuilding the Mets spring training facility which also is their single-A facility. Part of that agreement, part of those funds that were given were supposed to go to building Little League fields in the area. Because the Mets are so behind on construction, because they're at a point right now where they're rushing to get this thing done to even be ready for spring training games, because their plans had to be altered in the stadium and their original drafts are being shifted so that they can get this thing done. They've just decided to not build those Little League fields reportedly. So that's one bad thing about this. That whatever taxpayer money, which it seems like 98% of it came from the taxpayers. Whatever that money was given towards this project. It's not going to be used on the community at large. It's just going to be used on the Mets and this facility. And a great portion of that money went to building this beautiful, state-of-the-art Major League clubhouse that will make the players feel right at home in Port St. Lucie, very similar to a great clubhouse that would be found in a Major League ballpark. So at least the minor leaguers get that too, right? At least the Port St. Lucie Mets get a little bit something extra. They get to stay in this great clubhouse during the season as they're making less than minimum wage and struggling to find their way to the big leagues. Now, what the Mets or the Wilpons are saying is we're going to instead spend more money to build a separate clubhouse for the minor leaguers to remind them of the status they're working hard to attain. At a loss for words. I I just... What? Like, one, wasting money on two clubhouses instead of one. That's just... That's great. But also, you're telling me that a minor leaguer really needs to have a substandard clubhouse to work harder? If they're in a plush major league clubhouse... They're just going to rest on their laurels and not try to get there. How about you're giving them a taste of what their future could be, but that's simply a clubhouse. And if they want to not be, you know, riding buses all the way across the Florida State League and dealing with all of the bad conditions in the minor leagues, then they will work hard to get to stay in clubhouses like the one that's at this facility. So the entire logic is flawed. 
and now you spent a ton of money on this beautiful clubhouse that's going to be used for a few months a year at spring training. Maybe if an injured Met comes back and has to rehab in Port St. Lucie, they might let him sneak into the clubhouse. Who knows? I don't know if they have the key for that. They can open it. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And you couple that with the lack of building the Little League fields. You have former minor leaguers and major leaguers that are commenting on that statement of trying to attain the status or whatever that was by saying, you know, there were six of us in a two-bedroom apartment or we had to split uh, spaghetti between a bunch of guys just to get by because they don't have enough money for food and they talk about the type of uh, like meals that are supplied for them that look like something you would get in jail. Like Minor league baseball players are not treated well at all. There's a whole thing going on right now between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball where Major League Baseball was threatening to take away some minor league teams because they don't have money to fund those leagues even though they're funding a ridiculous clubhouse for two months of spring training. Tone deaf, I think, is the only way to describe the Wilpons. They're just tone deaf. It's amazing that I can just imagine Jeff Wilpon waking up in the morning couple days ago and being real excited to show the reporters this beautiful facility that they're building to think here we go here's some positive press for once we're going to show them this state-of-the-art clubhouse and we're going to show them this new minor league clubhouse that guess what it will show them the status they're trying to earn just seeing the difference between the two minor leaguers are going to want to work harder, and that's a good quote, and thinking he's creating good press. And then, (laughs) I don't know if he has a burner account, if he logs in on Twitter, if he sees this stuff, if someone passes the knowledge to him, maybe Brody prints out something or shows him his cell phone and he sees the adverse reaction everyone's having to the things that have been said, and this idea of this spring training facility and all of the the bad press that's all of a sudden coming around it. I just wonder how he processes all this information. But again, I just think Jeff Wilpon's simply tone deaf and he either doesn't care or can't figure out a way to do anything right. I made it four days. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to not crush the Wilpons when they continue to just do things that are just... I don't even know. It's just, it's something else. And I want to focus on the 2020 Mets. I want to get to baseball games. I can't wait till the regular season starts. And there's a distraction every night as the Mets finally play some real games. But right now, this offseason just continues to spiral. So anyway, thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget... When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets.